So what's up, Pamarik? Uh, the wood is moving? <laughs> <laughs> yes. The wood is moving. That's all you need to know. Okay. <laughs> Damn wood always moving. Yeah. As it does. As it does. <laughs> Usually... Usually it's uh you want to use the dead wood for uh for building the house but mm-hmm. you know ah, you use what you can get I welcome to and welcome to the Anamokri podcast on today's episode, we're going to be discussing in depth the trailer for the upcoming Avatar game, Avatar Frontiers of Pandora, which was revealed about a month ago at Ubisoft's E3 event. We've been we've talked about this before on the podcast in a previous episode. However, now we actually have something to look at and talk about. I'm not going to be talking about it by myself, though. Here today we have Ayana. Kalt in. Myself, Bamadik. We have Blooms. And we have Tawe. All right, so uh, the first significant piece of animated visual media vis-a-vis Avatar uh, dropped about a month ago. Let's uh, draw into our memory banks and remember how excited we are. Or talk Hype. about how, we, how excited we still are. Hype? <laughs> I'm still so hyped. I really am. Yeah, every time I, I mean, I rewatched it in this morning a couple of times to prepare for this episode. And just every time I see it, I always just get like really giddy and excited. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I just want to play it already, you know? Right. Well, believe me, I hear that all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Why can't you just release it? <laughs> it's almost like game development takes time. <laughs> it does take time. It's taken a lot of time. We've known about this project for heck years like it's been it's been years it's been years i want to say it's been at least three yeah already i want to say we heard about it in like 2018 crazy okay yeah i'm actually gonna Hmm. continue chattering i'm going to look up exact dates (laughs) (laughs) we're probably not the only one because uh as i'm looking uh right now it's uh it has been viewed uh, over three million times. Wow! So uh, people are definitely interested. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the uh, first announcement for Ubisoft's massive uh, Avatar project was March first of twenty seventeen. Oh, okay. So yeah, that was over four years ago. Wait yeah, it's been a while. This announcement happened before I even joined the Avatar community. <laughs> I had no idea that this was going on. <laughs> okay, cool. This is this is. I'm, I have to realign my like timeline event, events for this. Mm-hmm. So okay, so something that a lot of people talk about, and kind of rightfully so, is that what we got here was a first look trailer. It was pretty much just a cinematic showcase, and the developers have stated that this trailer was meant to showcase sort of like the feel they want with the game and also the visual fidelity of the snowdrop engine yeah uh i can say personally with just knowledge i have about how game engines work how things appear and the visual artifacting that can happen in a real-time rendering engine i was pixel peeping for quite a while and I can 100% confirm that all of this footage was not like, it wasn't pre-rendered. This was all running in engine. Hmm. There was enough instances that I saw of texture popping and other loading artifacts that suggested to me that this is entirely in engine as it was advertised. Because it was ad- advertised as gameplay footage shown in Snowdrop Engine. This is the visual fidelity that the engine is capable of. But with all first look advertising things, what they want to show you first is a vertical slice, which is fancy terms for here's everything that we want in like the entirety of the game. Like this is the level of polish that we're like going for. The game is not like done. There's not like the, the entire game isn't just sitting there this polished ready to go. But there is, these are all assets that exist that 
exist within the game and were put together to create this sequence. And it's supposed to give the feel of the game. And I think they nailed it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I, there's not much else to add to that. Like, <laughs> If that's uh, how it's going to, uh, to look like, then uh, very much impressed. Mm-hmm. Next gen, or I, get, I keep calling it next gen, and it's not. It's here. The future's here. It's current gen. <laughs> current gen. Uh, current gen hardware is this impressive. I used to naively believe a few years ago that there really wasn't anywhere to go with graphical fidelity. But this latest generation of consoles is actually truly capable of some really impressive graphical feats. Um, and I think a lot, of those are on, <laughs> a lot of those are on display <laughs> here and with any other current gen game um, the thing I think the difficulty right now and why it feels so disconnected is because of the uh, computer chip shortage, more specifically the shortage of GPUs, which is what's making all these next gen, current gen consoles like so hard to come by, as well as graphic cards. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So while not a lot of people have these consoles right now, uh, hopefully by 2020, and we don't have any more specific of a date, though I assume it's going to be summer or autumn of 2020 when this game is released. Hopefully more people will have the hardware necessary to run this game. It's uh, 2022, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, because you said 2020. So <laughs> it's already here. <laughs> the future is now, right. old man. <laughs> In 2022. We're going to go back and dub this and it's going to be completely obvious. <laughs> Um, but yeah, uh, I mean, I'm, I have no background in, in game development of any kind or something. I'm just someone who grew up on playing games and uh, I am still doing it. And I've been waiting for this game since pretty much the first time it was announced that there will be a second Avatar game. Mm-hmm. The first time I, I watched the trailer, I was just like, okay, is this just a cinematic uh, engine thingy or is this really supposed to be in-game graphic? Because if it is, if it really is, I just hope my computer will be able to handle it. <laughs> but I think so. Oh, um, and if not, I, w- I would even be willing to upgrade my computer just for that game. Um, that's how right. hyped I am for it, for everything Pandora, <laughs> to be to be honest. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm so looking forward to it. Just running around I, on Pandora as a Navi and yeah. I've got bad news. I'm pretty sure that uh, to play it to its full potential, probably going to need a serious upgrade. Yeah. Hmm. Mine's going to need an upgrade, and I have one that I built like a year or two ago. Okay. Are you crushing my hope? (laughs) That said, um, the Snowdrop engine is actually pretty good at um, dialing things back. So, I mean, you won't have the same graphical fidelity on a lower spec system but it is it is very adaptive so you might be able to push lower graphic settings maybe like 30 fps or something like that we don't know the specifics yet but previous games in the snowdrop that have used earlier versions of the snowdrop engine have been able to run pretty well on lower spec platforms so there's that that's good that's not an easy feat to accomplish it is not (laughs) But no, I was going to say, um, I don't know if anybody else ha- has managed to get their hands on one, but I was able to get a, pick up a PS5 a while ago. Mm. And yeah, like the um, graphics shift from the PS4 is incredible. Like I played, the first thing I played through was uh, Spider-Man PS4. They did a remastered version for PS5 with mm-hmm. ray tracing. And I, ray tracing is one of those things that, you don't really notice if it's not there, mm-hmm. but as soon as it's there, you're like, okay, this is what I've been missing the whole time. Mm-hmm. Right. Ray tracing is nuts. Um, my first introduction to ray tracing ever was when I was in high school, and this would have been 2007. Uh, we had a program that could ray trace and render a 3D scene that we like drew, and Putting like ray tracing that scene on 2007 computers would literally take like 30 seconds <laughs> for one still frame, mm. and the idea of real time ray tracing still blows my mind. 
and the way that they handle it now is actually pretty smart. They only they don't do a full scene ray trace because that would take forever. They ray trace specific elements, which yeah. is the smart way to do it. Because <laughs> if you do the whole scene, yeah, it would be impossible. It would it would take the uh, wet a digital supercomputer <laughs> a couple of days to figure it out. Yeah, exactly. Um, and speaking to that, when I mentioned earlier that I was like pixel peeping or whatever, all right, I'm gonna I'm gonna try to give a very simple explanation of game engines and game graphics and why I'm uh, that I'm not just talking out my ass here. <laughs> Typically, when a game is processing a 3D scene, the objects that are closest to the camera that you're going to see the most closest up, they're going to use very high fidelity models. Um, the highest fidelity that they have in the entire game. If you were to break anything down into just like a series of triangles, if you've ever seen like a, just like a skeleton, like a 3D mesh or whatever of something before, you see that's made up of a bunch of little triangles. Look up Polygon Man from the PS2. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah. If you, uh, if you imagine those, the, the ones closest to you will have the highest poly count or the most number of polygons to give it the smoothest surfaces, and they're going to look the nicest. But things that are very far away, the polygon, if they were to use those same number of high polygon surfaces and objects for something that's incredibly distant away, when it finally renders, it's going to look... The, the number of polygons won't make a difference. Like it won't, it won't make a difference that there's like 10 polygons like per inch of like tree bark. It's just going to resolve into like maybe a speck or like, you know, a couple of pixels. So most game engines have lower poly versions of like trees and stuff that are going to be appear at a far distance. And they might even be as small as like 10 polygons or even just not even a polygon, just a texture. Just like a like a, you know, like a like a, basically like a JPEG or a PNG that just looks like a tree. And it's like a 2D, one of those 2D billboard. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> the the billboard graphics of like Doom. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, they might use one of those. And once you start getting close enough, they'll switch that object over from that billboard to the higher poly model. And they have a bunch of techniques that they can use to make it like gracefully transition. But if you've ever played a game and you've seen what is called texture popping mm -hmm. where something like suddenly resolves in higher detail like it looks like kind of like muddy and then it gets like more suddenly more fine as it like loads that can happen on distance or that can just happen as the game is loading because it's faster to load the smaller textures first and then the the more detail dense bigger ones once you get close enough to them where they're going to matter um, and there's a couple of scenes throughout the trailer where you can see incredibly distant objects will actually pop between a level of detail. But anyway, so what I'm the reason I'm bringing all this in is to say that lower spec uh, systems can run versions of the game where if you dial, dial down the graphics little settings, it'll say, okay, I'm not going to try to load these immensely high detail objects. I'm just going to use the lower poly ver variants of things, which can render faster. Um, instead of the more uh, like immensely detailed ones. And I'll just say, okay, whenever we get close enough to load like the, the perfect tree or whatever, uh, we'll just say, no, 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 you can use one of the lower detail ones, it's fine. And basically the lower number of triangles, the faster your computer can render it. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's a pretty common technique, right? Yeah, oh, it's incredibly common. Um, say like te texture <laughs> popping is used in pretty much any game that has any kind of 3d world with distance yes um it, without without texture popping your load times would be like easily five times as much if if at all because if texture texture memory limits are usually what they run up against because yeah, like especially this... with high fidelity stuff we're talking like 4k stuff here mm -hmm. when P when there's things with 4k texture packs you're talking mm -hmm. basically four times the memory yep and it's already using gigabytes of memory yeah a texture that is twice as large as four times as much in memory which is a lot yes it <laughs> very quickly adds up as you add increase the number of different like materials and textures that you have and with pandora having a billion different kinds of plants and animals <laughs> and huts 
and clothing and everything, there's a lot of different textures going on here. So basically, you're going to want one of those uh, graphics cards that has like 16 gigabytes of GDDR yeah. v sitting on them. VRAM is going to be very useful uh, for, <laughs> for this. VRAM is the specific part of memory that stores just texture data, objects, sometimes shaders. Yeah, if anybody's ever wondered why graphics cards have memory built in, even though you put memory into your computer, mm -hmm. that memory is specifically built for the graphics card to be able to access as fast as possible. Yes, precisely. Theoretically, or at least from what I've heard, the new AMD stuff is supposed to make your regular memory as fast as GDDR, but I'm skeptical. Yeah, I, it's, it's possible. I'm not going to say it's out of the realm of possibility or at least close enough where you wouldn't the average consumer wouldn't notice anyway we're getting a little bit too technical now <laughs> gonna dial it back a little bit so something that uh in in i want to talk now shift it to the reaction the broader reaction to uh the trailer not just not just our particular experiences um, so one thing in particular that anyone who's part of any avatar community would have noticed is there's been a sharp uptick in like new member joins, people engaging with Avatar stuff, people talking about Avatar, period. Uh, and especially in a positive light, because, I mean, Avatar is the internet's favorite whipping boy, but you're actually seeing less and less of that now. And this sort of goes to confirm the sleeping Avatar fan theory, which is a lot of people really liked Avatar, but just haven't had a reason to like think about it because there hasn't been like new media or like new things to do with avatar and if you aren't if you aren't engaging with avatar insofar as like learning the language or whatever where you're constantly having ways to engage with avatar then this is the first thing in forever that most people have seen and they're excited uh the reception for this trailer has been overwhelmingly positive the most negative things i've seen has been like you know the the classic ubisoft digs yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, people, people poo-pooing on Ubisoft <laughs> slash AAA games, usually, as, as is the norm. Usually in reference to something like Watch Dogs or something, being like, oh, well, blah, 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 you know. Yeah. The classic stuff. Or oh, the first Avatar game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that, that's, I, and I understand why a lot of people would be skeptical, especially if they were to then look at the first Avatar game and be like, oh, it's Ubisoft. Ubisoft made this one, like, 12 years ago. This one's going to suck, too. And, uh, God, I don't know if I'm going to reach any new people with this, but there's a difference between a developer and a publisher. Mm -hmm. Thank you. <laughs> Ubisoft is a publisher. They pay the bills and do the advertising. The developer is massive. They make the game. Mm -hmm. And they had nothing to do with the first game as far as I know. So Yes, they were not involved at all with mm -hmm. the first Avatar so game. Do do we uh, do we know anything about the the actual content of the game? Well, there's not me and there's humans, right? <laughs> so yeah. what we know from what has been discussed is that you will play as a Nafi. There is no discussion whatsoever of playing as humans, which I think is the right move. Uh, if you are into Avatar and you are excited to play on the human side, I'm. Sorry to report you are in a significant minority. <laughs> um, yeah, there's, but... not, there's not a lot of people who are, uh, you know, wishing they were on the human side of that one. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't want to alarm you, but you're already a human. You can be a human IRL. <laughs> <laughs> what? Uh, <laughs> no, but, but in all seriousness, um, so it sounds like you play as a Navi. There's going to be co-op multiplayer elements of some kind. It sounds like there's going to be... It sounds like they're going for a pseudo-living, breathing world where there's, like... You can go on co-op missions and there's, like, always, like, new, somewhat procedurally generated, somewhat repeated content kind of missions where it's like, oh, we need to go to this location. Here's an objective. There's going to be, like, humans or whatever in our way. Um, and then, you know, we can work together to dispatch them and then complete the whatever the objective is. Um, whether there's a story campaign associated with that that makes these online co-op experiences a little bit more 
difficult to manage if you're trying to like if you have one friend who's in a different part of the story than you are so there might be a mix of uh, there might be a mix of campaign elements versus like sort of freeform co-op elements um but one of the things they were they announced a long time ago was that it was going to be multiplayer i mean they hired specifically multiplayer co-op um engineers and designers and the trailer which again was supposed to was aimed at giving the feeling of the game was aimed at uh giving the again the feel of the game and they were there was the one nafi and then the other one came in and helped out and then they were fighting together and then they flew off into the sunset mm. together <laughs> <laughs> how romantic <laughs> um no <laughs> sorry no um but it is um what's what's uh, also written in this on the official website where they what is that not launched but um announced announced thank you yeah uh, announced this that they also said that it's um a first person yes view, right so that that's that's something i am probably struggling with mm-hmm. um I, would... I don't know. It's it's more for the immersion, I think. Mm-hmm. If you were really um, going to explore the world and um, uh, go to all these places and not have a person in front of the camera all the time, mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's that's how um, the people are probably or, or gamers are probably divided on that um, as well, whether they like um, first person or third person games. I grew up with mostly um, third person, so um, not really. Um, don't know what I should make of that, but uh, if it's for the immersion part, then um, it's uh, probably good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I personally would prefer if um, the game would gi- like give you the choice um, where you could like switch between third person and first person view, um, depending on the situation and what your preferred play style would be like whether you want to be whether you want to feel more immersed you could go to first person and if you just want to um i don't know because you're just so used to it because of first person shooters or or something or third Mm -hmm. person shooters you could like zoom out and and um play in third person so yeah i would prefer having a choice there depending on on how i feel like in that especially in in that special moment or um, whatever particular moment i meant so yeah right could you imagine a, uh, a virtual virtual reality? Um, is is there something like a plugin for that? <laughs> <laughs> I hope so, because that's what I want to do. So. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Pamarik, uh, not so, so... much. <laughs> okay, so f- I'm just going to say, from a design perspective, mixing the option of first versus third person they produce fundamentally different experiences um they make radically different assumptions about controls and thus the resulting gameplay experience is very different if you were to have the same mission play out in first and third person there's no way to say this without sounding like a tremendous asshole (laughs) but gamers (laughs) will often self-select into a worse version of the game because under the illusion of choice and preference because they're afraid of experimenting with something else that is unfamiliar like people will default to whatever is familiar without considering that different games have different needs and different perspectives offer different like experiences and i think the immersion angle is the right one to go with with anything avatar like i i understand the the third person crowd really just wants to see their their not feed doll that they dress up and customize <laughs> to look nice and they want to look at their character a lot and you don't get that in first person i get that like i understand i understand that desire but for me per- speaking personally i think a first person view is awesome because what i like about pandora is how immersive the world is i i can i can look at a nice character like in pretty much any game like it's it it doesn't really doesn't really matter to me and usually when you're running forward you're just seeing somebody's ass like the entire time like you, you 
you don't really get to appreciate your character as much as I think if people think they do in a third person experience. Like I don't know when I'm playing when I'm playing a lot of third person games. Like yes, it's nice to see your character and you can see like the space immediately around you, especially in like a 3D kind of combat situation where like there might be enemies behind you, and if you were in first person, you might not see them. But with a third person view, you can see like immediately behind you as well. But eventually, like as you're playing the game, your character kind of just becomes a certain percentage of the screen that is obstructed to represent where you are in space. And, like, you're not thinking about your character. You're not, like, watching them. You're watching the environment around you, where you're going, what you're trying to do. And I think your character kind of just is there, like, in the way. Like, it looks nice in screenshots, for sure. And I think some sort of cinematic or photographic mode where you can, like, appreciate your character in this beautiful world. It, w- it It would be stupid not to include something like that. But I think for gameplay purposes, I think just having one camera view whether it's third or first person and just committing to that is way better than having a choice because i'd rather have like a really good first person experience or really good third person experience than like a slightly mediocre third and first person experience and having the choice between the two Mm -hmm. because that's that's ultimately the choice like in, in in people's heads they can imagine oh what if there was the perfect first person and a perfect third person experience it's like you, you cannot split the experience that way like you can't have the same experience in two different camera perspectives and have them be of equal quality i mean what what, what about the option that you would like uh, when you're outside in the forest or something and and fighting and exploring the world and um going about your day <laughs> basically you are in first person playing and when you're inside a village or the Kelotral or wherever your your clan will be, um, you will then have the choice or will be forced to go into third person to see your character in world, like the, the spatial dimension of it, where your car- character is um, physically and, and seeing it like in relation to, to other bodies next to it and interacting with them. I wouldn't be surprised for purposes of like cutscenes and stuff if it doesn't zoom out and show you third person stuff. Like, I mean, we even saw that within the trailer. Like, there were certain scenes where, like, even when the the person like arrived at the village or whatever, like you saw them third person sort of like ride in on their mm-hmm. die horse, and then they arrived and they walked up to that large beast, third person, and then there was the first person's pers- perspective with the hand, and then switching over to the other person, like. You, multiple views and cinematics are totally fine because you're again you're removing you're removing a control from the player you're you're not like splitting the control experience when like oh i'm arriving at kelutral suddenly we're in third person that's weird to like suddenly change how the game controls and how it feels yeah it makes sense and then it's like, okay, why did I switch to third then the the person who's having a totally fine first person immersive experience suddenly switching over to third person is like, how do I go back to what I was doing before? And you're like, I don't know, just switching between them just creates like a lot of unnecessary gameplay friction. Again, like this is just kind of me being an, yeah. being an, being <laughs> an I, asshole. I, I no, I mean, being, yeah. I know better than you. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no, but we have a different different insight on all this because uh, it's, it's your job to to create games right so your perspective on all this is a completely different one than mine i'm just a dumb ass playing the game in the end so i i just know what um what i liked about games in the past that i like to play and um there Mm -hmm. even was a game where you like had the choice um or for example Mm -hmm. the dumbest or the most popular example maybe of the games i play is um world of warcraft you can just choose whether you want to play first person or third person and depending on the situation it, it's like better to do one or the other and um, of course because world of warcraft is such an old game both perspectives aren't the prettiest or whatever even though mm-hmm. blizzard make quite an effort to to make it look good now nowadays but um of course yeah i mean <laughs> it's just it's you know it's it's your perspective and and, and then there's mine <laughs> yeah the, the unknowledgeable uh and user and i want to and i want to make very clear i'm not asserting that my position is like objectively more correct Mm -mm, it isn't i know (laughs) um i I just also (laughs) i the developer has to 
ride a very delicate balance of I have a vision, this is what I'd like to mm-hmm. create, and also balancing the at the end of the day there is going to be somebody else playing this experience getting something out of it and you have to balance communicating your particular vision for you know story environment but also just gameplay and game control and that's something that's that's unique to games is the way in which you interact with them is able to be fundamentally decided by the creator Mm -hmm. um and the way that you control a game is also highly influential on how that game feels and ultimately the experience and communication of the vision. I'm sitting here thinking, I can think of quite a few games that do let you switch that are quite modern, but most of them are either very exploration-based or super empty open worlds. Like yeah, that's, that's also something that I heard is that... Um... I don't know. I, I didn't know about this Ubisoft and uh, what is it, massive um, thing. But um, from other gamers, um, I heard that other Ubisoft games function more or less with the same formula that you have one story, and when you then go into um, the little side missions, that it's always, almost always the same. You have a, a huge, I don't know, prairie or something, and then uh, you have to hunt rabbits, or you have to search for something in a cave or something, and then, um, but after a while, it repeats and repeats itself. So, mm-hmm. uh, right. but I I don't play games uh, often enough to um, kind of assess that. Well, and it also depends because Massive has worked on arguably some of the best Ubisoft games like Far Cry 3, The Division, hmm. and so on. That the, At least the ones that I don't hear in that context. Like Far Cry, I hear in that context a lot, but it's usually like Far Cry 4 or one of the newer Far Cries or something like that. Yeah, I mean, open world, open world games are inclined to be containing a bunch of recycled content because customizing every inch every experience of a incredibly large work world takes an absurd amount of time and it's a lot easier and more practical to either have recycled elements that the player knows how to interact with and what they're doing so you don't have to re-explain what they're doing and also just to have repeated experiences for those who want to repeatedly experience things if you really enjoy rabbits hunting rabbits then having you know 20 instances of hunting rabbits that's going to be your jam you're not going to care like <laughs> how many times the that game was... throws that at you if the gameplay is fun that was just an extreme example. Yeah. Of course. I take back the rabbits. But I mean, you uh, there's no I mean. rabbits on Pandora plumes. I knew it was an example. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, I, I also said I from from what I've seen so far, uh, mm-hmm. what the trailer reveals, uh, I would be more than happy to just explore. And I think uh, a lot of people who are um, Avatar fans and Pandora fans are very happy to just explore the world and just uh, walking around and yep. touching trees or, <laughs> you know, and yep. they're, they're totally fine with just exploring the world and not have a specific kind of mission. Mm-hmm. So. Yes. But I don't think that this will be the game uh, because it's Ubisoft after all and Avatar's quite the big brand nowadays and will it be even bigger and so the game will what cater does Ubisoft to the... have to do with this uh, <laughs> it's the publisher it's the publisher not the developer yeah they're not making creative decisions okay, about then. how the game is played both then i mean um the game has to cater to broad mass of, of people and most people won't okay. be interested in touching trees only so most people who are going to play an avatar game are interested in Avatar, and the most people who are interested in Avatar believe exploring, and this is the most common throwaway phrase ever, running around on Pandora is, like, the goal to hit. If people cannot freely explore in this game, then they fundamentally do not understand what Avatar is about. Even Jake James Cameron's Avatar game from 2009 did actually manage to successfully hit on the point 
of exploring Pandora is fun and they gave you a bunch of things that you could find and explore. Like, and Mm -hmm. if James Cameron is involved in this project and he very clearly is, he would be pissed if there wasn't an exploration element because that is sort of the point. Mm, I didn't say that the uh, that, that that wasn't debatable uh, at all in my in my opinion. Well, that was not the point. I mean, it's, it's it's just the game will not only be focused on exploring, because there will have to be some sort of story um, you have to follow. Yeah. Yes. So no doubt. Yeah. That's what I wanted to yeah. say. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's one of those things though. It's kind of like the. I mean, there's a lot of people. I was just looking at some of the comments on some of these, and it was saying stuff like um, they don't want a Far Cry avatar skin, and I was like, but would that be a bad thing? Uh, because, and the reason I thought about that is. Far Cry is very much an exploration mm-hmm. game. You you can play it, just beelining the story missions. But if you explore, there's so much more content going on. Yeah, you can beeline the main story missions in a game like Skyrim, which arguably has a a, a wealth of side content to explore. Borderlands is another example. Exactly, like it's there. It's a meme at this point. Anybody who plays Skyrim. The, the number of people who have played like hundreds of hours of Skyrim and the number of people who have actually beaten the story of Skyrim <laughs> yeah. are two totally different numbers. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> and I probably fall in one of those two categories. but <laughs> And I can tell you right now, it's not the IB line, the main story mission. Right. I'm just saying, yes, the they're, they're, they do need to appeal to a broad audience to make a game that makes a lot of money. But... To have a successful game, you need to hit on the fantasy that the majority of players are going to want to tap into. And it doesn't also, I want to point out, it doesn't mean that the main storyline isn't going to involve exploration. Yeah. I think the key point to show that exploration is sufficient for any Avatar game is to just look at the Flight of Passage ride at Disney. Literally all that is, is flying around Pandora. Mm -hmm. And it still has one of the longest lines at Disney World. People pay thousands of dollars just to go and experience that. Granted, it's Disney, and that's kind of what they do. But the the point stands that it's been out for for a couple of years now, and it's still one of the most popular rides. By existential gripe (laughs) with this this whole this game this project this trailer and what we know about it right now is my a very similar gripe i have with a lot of other titles that are upcoming announced a lot of people will sort of reflexively lay down their hopes on it and they'll have an idea in their head of what they think it's going to be or what they assume it has to be or like people (laughs) will make assumptions about things immediately innately I have my story on there. <laughs> it's not necessarily a bad thing, but I think it does become somewhat destructive to be overly presumptuous about what you're actually going to get, good or bad, when you don't have anything concrete to actually base it off of. So okay. to to be pessimistic that it's going to be a Ubisoft game and therefore bad or reductive or cookie cutter open world full of nontent to just waste your time is just as wrong as being this is the totally hyper immersive avatar world we've always dreamed of that we can just live in forever and just get explored like an endless world and look how beautiful it is like i mean both extremes are I've seen both, and I think both are need to pump the brakes a little bit uh, and just go off of what has been officially stated and officially shown, which is a cinematic trailer and a couple of statements from developers, and let the let it be what it will be. Full of nontent. I'm yeah. dying over here. It's <laughs> <laughs> one of my favorite. Uh, but no, you you brought to mind one of the pet peeviest things i've ever experienced in gaming no man's sky the no man's sky stuff and everybody who is pissy about it um here's why everybody there are so many people who are like they said it was gonna have multiplayer and it doesn't have multiplayer 
every time I've asked somebody to show me where the where they said that, they point to like one interview from it was like a rapid fire interview where he basically said, "Yeah, we want to." And I was like, "You guys are pissed that it has something he never said he wanted in the game." And in fact, he said the opposite. <laughs> it's in it now, and I can't say that the game is isn't better because of it because I love playing it with like my brother and my wife. We play mm-hmm. No Man's Sky for hours. But that one just dro- drove me absolutely up the wall. I was like, "It nobody said that. Stop putting words in people's mouths. It also just leads to a lot of disappointment when their particular headcanon of how something is going to be doesn't end up being what it is. So yeah, I- I'm taking a very similar stance to this, the game as I am with the Avatar sequels mm-hmm. is I'm trying not to just speculate or expect particular things and just take the news as it comes and try to experience it with a fresh perspective when it is finally able to be experienced i mean yeah it's new avatar content Mm -hmm. we're kind of (laughs) starving for that stuff that's Mm -hmm. all that matters in the end for me uh new avatar (laughs) stuff and i don't (laughs) i don't care i'm gonna play it exactly Mm -hmm. i will just say Pamorik is always the party pooper. Yep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm always. He I'm, is. He is no. the uh, the designated fun police. No, no, no it's okay. Um. But it, it, uh, but what you said it makes you a little bit afraid of the uh, of the trailer for the sequels. Uh. Um, Why is that? I, I just I I wanted to live in a, an ideal world where I just go into the movies and uh, without having seen the trailer as I did with the first movie. <laughs> And just uh, experience it. You can but, just not uh, watch the trailer. Um, in this community? <laughs> <laughs> you can. I can. It's I, difficult. Yeah. I, I would become a hermit and then, um, yeah. Where did Plumes go? Oh, the trailer dropped. That yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Today on Amokri, we're going to discuss the trailer. Plumes isn't here. <laughs> go figure. I will, I will mute myself <laughs> for those discussions <laughs> no <laughs> we gotta discuss the trailer discord disconnect sound <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah speaking about speaking the trailer i mean what what did we see inside of it not only like visually what the new snowdrop engine or not so new snowdrop <laughs> engine um, like promises visually um but content wise like when i rewatched the trailer a couple of times i tried to count the new animals that were shown there and i ended up at seven that are still unknown at least in name which is very exciting Mm -hmm, absolutely yeah Yeah. well and they've specifically mentioned on the website that it takes place it's it from or at least what i could tell it's not gonna be basically replaying the story from no it's yeah the western frontier which is like this new previously unshown to us it's not like undiscovered. I mean, obviously the Nazi are there and there's wildlife, so like it exists. <laughs> and the RDA is clearly there. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, it is well, an, it is a place that we have not seen before in previous media and presumably won't see in near future media. But I don't know. Yeah. That's at least the vibe that I got when I was reading how they well, were talking about it. And if I and if those who very much follow anything that James Cameron says about Avatar ever, you will recall that he specifically said he wanted it, that Pandora is not a Star Wars planet. It's not yeah. a planet that's one biome and one thing is its thing. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's it's an Earth with m- many biomes, many locations, and many different stories happening. So I think that's part of the reason there's actually a pretty... Um, big fanfic community about it because it's one of those situations where a lot of the fanfic could be happening Mm -hmm. yeah there's a lot of different settings different places different people yeah not all of it i mean there's Mm -hmm. there's some that take place after the story of the original movie and aren't like canon but it's at the same time as long as you're not using major stuff from the movies or anything like that right it's pretty much yeah that's probably happening 
It's plausible. And it's good, I think, that they um, deviate from the um, from the original storyline, that they not always depend on this. Um, if yes. this world is indeed so big and uh, has so many opportunities, why not use them, mm -hmm. right? So, um, mm -hmm. and, and I think for this purpose, um, the medium of, of a game or... Uh, Maybe if it comes to that, standalone novels or uh, further um, comic books and so so on, um, it's the perfect uh, medium for that. Mm -hmm. to Allegedly, those. novels are in the works. Well, for how many years yeah. now? I know, right? Well, like that's the thing with anything Avatar is like it exists and then <laughs> yeah. it vanishes, and then yeah. several years later it might rematerialize. What? What? The, Remember, what this... this game was announced in 2018, <laughs> 17, yeah. 2017. Yeah, exactly. What this we're trailer... used to this. <laughs> what this trailer proved to me was. Uh, one thing for sure you can always count on an avatar is that we have to wait. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Waiting is like half of what we do. <laughs> yep. Okay, favorite uh, favorite new animal? <laughs> um, from the trailer. The pay. Yes. Yes. Go! <laughs> um, the big guys on the planes that uh, make that subwoofer sound. I found, yeah. I found those yeah. very impressive and very pretty to look at. And I, yeah. I, would, I would be thrilled to learn more about them. And it's also, I, I noticed um, when I watched this, I don't know how the, what, what time it was, that they actually, like, they, they have, like, openings on the side. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So this, I, I thought the, the, um, the sound came from those, um, what is it, from those riches on, on their backs. But it's actually on the side that they have, like, like breathing holes and then they open and it makes mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that was it yeah that's impressive yeah wonder if they were inspired by cicadas huh <laughs> oh they, yeah that's that's true interesting yeah although cicadas produce the sound differently in sound yeah they do a uh it's a vibration yeah like a, like a membrane or something yeah it's um, almost very similar to a rattlesnake yeah. but anyways oh yeah speak speaking of snakes there there aren't any snakes on pandora right or snake like yes. uh yet no, well, we have spiders, but no snakes yet. Yet, <laughs> yet, yes, my favorite. Yet, <laughs> with a, with a dx at the end. Yet, <laughs> yet, um, yet. I th I think the what is that? Those the the little. It's like a lizard mm -hmm. that's on the on the like one of the trees, and then mm -hmm. before the game character steps out into the Taliwang um, herd mm -hmm. that what that's uh, neat mm -hmm. very precious yeah hexapedal <laughs> follows follows all the rules of pandora oh no no I, I i know i have another one it's the it's the first animal that we see oh yeah when they step on dude that 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 little thing is that leafy uh, quite, looking uh, thingy whatever yeah, exactly. that is yeah it looks kind of yeah. derpy <laughs> <laughs> always like a derpy animal mm -hmm. very fast <laughs> My favorite so, is the gigantic looking like village sized mm. uh, creature. I really think that this like my headcanon for this scene. And again, I, as I just finished saying, I don't like to speculate about these things. <laughs> but I imagine that, again, these, like, these are large animals that are used by like nomadic tribes. Mm -hmm. And they like are used as sort of like ad hoc building supports and stuff because like if, in, in the scene that it shows them it, they're they're carrying just massive things on them and yeah. some of them like look like they're forming like uh sort of like enclaves or like shelters yeah it's like a, and it also has like something like a tent over it mm -hmm. right? yes exactly yeah. and just the i just love the idea of uh nomadic tribe living with just large animals that are like sort of they're you know they carry stuff but they're also sort of like they are part of the buildings and then yeah. just like living that close to like this behemoth is just yeah. it's a really cool like idea um, it, it feels extremely pandora to me because one of the cool things about pandora is how it's always playing with a sense of scale mm -hmm. and just allowing like the size of this creature next to the dire horses that are coming in next to it mm -hmm. again I, I always point this out when in group watchings of avatar but like 
that's a really cool scale shot and I like it. Did I see that correctly with the on the planes where um Eana said the uh, her favorite animal is um that that we see in the background like the um, a village and there yes. is like floating uh like um like kites flo- floating uh, from that spot. Mm-hmm. Is that correct? Yeah, that's what that's what I saw too. Mm-hmm. I have the trailer open as we speak, and, and same. <laughs> yeah. So it looks like kites, yeah, ikran. We should have done a a Eana uh, Mokri uh, cast reacts to. <laughs> <laughs> right when the trailer gets announced, I will be filming my reaction to it. Okay, just for posterity. I don't. I'm not like. I'm not like a YouTuber. Like I don't like do crazy like. <gasps> like shocked faces or whatever wow. like, things like i don't like i don't like scream and shout and like you know jump out of my chair or whatever i'm very muted in my reaction but like uh, i do get really genuinely excited about these kind of things i remember cut to I, cut to one year from now <laughs> when this was first announced i was like just i felt my entire body like tensely like tense up and just like you know pumping my arms in like place in my chair just like with just like excitement just like watching it's like oh my god this is really happening this is like this looks this looks good in so far as like this is avatar Mm -hmm. this isn't like some other game with like an avatar skin they've taken so many careful detailed like there's very specific choices mm-hmm. made. Yeah, very specific attention to detail and the choice yeah, the choices made and what they decided to show captures what people want out of an avatar game or like what people want out of the avatar franchise, not just a game. Like so much of this trailer is literally just beauty shots of like look at this freaking cool world that you will be able to find yourself in. Mm-hmm. Okay, now we have to bring up a point that Palm talked about. A while ago, mm-hmm. um, in one of the discords, about the uh, leap off the cliff bonding with the Ikran mm-hmm. scene. Yeah. About how uh, careful they were with those details. Yes. Since you were the one who said it, <laughs> I will leave it to you. <laughs> I've talked enough on this podcast. Uh, <laughs> there are so many very subtle details in how things are animated, how things are shown, that is extremely true to the canon. Um, the scene in particular that Aoi was talking about here is so when the player character presumably is running from the RDA copters shooting at him and jumps off a cliff and you know yips for the Ikran like as he's jumping off and begins to fall he reaches for the queue and has it in arm ready to go and then for when the Ikran comes and swoops in and they land on them and they bond in just one swift animation like there's no like hesitancy fumbling around but it's a detail that's there and that like there's no shot in the trailer where somebody's riding an ikaran that they're not bonded with like Mm -hmm. you can you can play watch the queue (laughs) and they're always like bonded like this is and i only point this out because this wasn't the case in the last avatar game the JCAG, uh, as we call it, James Cameron's Avatar of the Game from 2009. Like, you kind of just jump on like a horse. And, like, there's no bonding. There's no... None of that. And it always just felt like, oh, this is just another animal. This is just another animal mount from, like, any other game. It's, mm-hmm. It wasn't, like... It wasn't Pandora. Yeah, just like a tool. Insert generic horse here. <laughs> and the other... Another example of this kind of attention to detail is whenever the Nafi shoot their bows... They use the reverse palm grip, which they is it's unorthodox in the traditional archery sense to have their hand twisted where the palm is facing outward as you are drawing an arrow for a bow. But, but uh, they James do Cameron this it. in every shot with where they fire a bow. And like just the fact that they gave a damn about that as a detail that not even a lot of Avatar fans know about. <laughs> like, yeah, <laughs> it really clearly communicated to me that like, okay, no, they're not just making an action game with an Avatar skin. Mm -hmm. This is exactly the level of detail or attention to detail that I like this franchise for and appreciate it and what drew me in in the first place. My, My, like, last bit of commentary on this is I'm super glad that it's not going to be you're playing as an Avatar. Yes, Mm -hmm. you are a not be, not be, not a Avatar body. Yep. 
Not a nut pee poster. <laughs> sus. That said, um, and this blue is, is sus. <laughs> blue is sus. <laughs> uh, that said, there there is a, a detail that a lot of people have pointed out where the nut pee characters are using what looks like repurposed human armor, like uh, you know, v- possibly bulletproof or bullet resistant vests. Um, I mean, the one Nafi shot a arrow with an explosive tied to it. I presume that is not Nafi technology. Um, if it is, it's going to radically expand our <laughs> understanding of uh, how they are. But turns out they had frag grenades this whole time. Oh, really? Mm. Yeah. I mean, obviously, this isn't this isn't first contact in the timeline. Like, clearly, humans have been around for a while. Um, and long enough for the Nafi to recognize their dropped belongings as having value or use and applying them. Yeah. Someone even pointed out that um, some of the, or one of the Navis is um, uh, wearing the, not the armor, but some kind of clothing from the RDA. So, yes. I so either there is trade I remember or, that. Uh, or somebody um, just took the, this clothing and um, used it at the, um, for their own purpose. Mm-hmm. I think the only thing that I'm annoyed about is that they called it Frontiers of Pandora, so I can't say FOP to mean Flight of Passage anymore. <laughs> that has screwed me up so many times recently. <laughs> I remember... Okay, so there's uh, context. There's a Frontiers of Pandora official Discord that is being run by like the community managers from Link in Massive. the description. Link in the description. Um, then I was in a conversation. Sorry, Anna. <laughs> I was in a I was in a conversation with uh, I think it was with Mako or something, and he was talking about how like oh yeah the there's a lot of people really a lot of people have joined the FOP Discord recently, and previously FOP had been Flight of Passage, and I was like there's a Flight of Passage Discord. He's like, uh, I, I said there's an FOP yeah, Discord. <laughs> And he's like, yeah, and the community, like the, yeah, I've been in contact with like the community managers. I'm like, they have fr- they have a flight of passage like specific community. Like, <laughs> there's a community to manage. Like, eventually, is like, is like, no, 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 frontiers of Pandora. I'm like, that makes so much more sense. <laughs> oh boy, we're we're I, I I think it's a I think it's a great sign for the franchise that we're developed enough to have redundant acronyms. <laughs> <laughs> that is a good sign. Kind of wished it would have come a little bit later, but <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. You had all these letters I... to choose from, and you chose these three. <laughs> <laughs> you literally had twenty six cubed possibilities here. <laughs> yeah, I always personally refer to it as just frontiers mm-hmm. because yeah, Pandora is used in other contexts. Flight of Passage is its own thing. But this is the only thing that the word frontiers has been used so far. <laughs> fruit. Fruit. I'm using fruit. I'm using fruit now. <laughs> fruit. I can't un I can't I can't untaste Fruit Loops when reading that. <laughs> what flavor do Fruit Loops have? Yes. Uh. May I add just one more thing? About the trailer. Please do. That's All what we're here for. Okay. So when we saw these Nantang-looking ear thingies, which apparently are blind and just using their ears, I don't know, uh, whatever. Um, mm-hmm. the, the biome they were in reminded me a lot of European winters and in, in, uh, European forests in winter, or the taiga even. Ooh. Um, so I would be. I see that. Mm-hmm, I would be very excited to see the colder side of Pandora, not only the oh, warm yes. jungly side of Pandora we've seen so far a lot of. So yeah. This is some. This is something that um, and I'll bring this up, um, and I keep talking about Borderlands, which has the other Pandora. But anyways. The reason I keep bringing that up is because I think Borderlands did that very well, where they had many different biomes in the same planet. Mm-hmm. I think and the it more... made it made it much more um, it made it much more unique. Like you could go into pretty much any 
area and the and not only is it is the scenery totally different but the enemies you're facing are different mm-hmm. now i think anything avatar media can do to get away from the omatikaya and <laughs> the jungles of pandora uh to sort of just broaden the larger broader perspective of what pandora is mm-hmm. again a multi-biome moon uh the better yep yeah and of course i think literally everybody here would like to f- fly around in a rainforest biome because that would be awesome but it's what got yeah, us having, here yeah having having some variety would be amazing mm-hmm. i mean clearly they're gonna do floating mountains because that's like the thing yes i mean that it, is pandora if you look at if you look at the majority of the trailer it is very familiar scenery for anybody who has seen the first film mm-hmm. but it looks like the way I'm reading it is this is you will start with what is familiar, which would honestly make sense from a gameplay perspective as well. Um, but then you will broaden your horizons to, you know, a taiga like environment. Planes. There's clearly mm. planes. Yes. Which will be kind of cool. I mean, um, going to Breath of the Wild, Breath of the Wild has is very much heavy on the planes aspect. Mm-hmm. But it does it so well that it's I, you, I've literally spent uh, like an hour just riding around in that game and been like, where did all my time go? Right. Yeah. Planes are interesting as, as long as you introduce elements into them and that they are not just flat land forever. Like it's the hills that make planes interesting. <laughs> yeah. Looking at you, Skyrim and Fallout. So yeah, we are all e- eagerly awaiting the frontiers of Pandora. Uh, either more information, gameplay trailers, anything. But if you want to keep up to date somewhat <laughs> with this information, uh, Anamokti uh, should be the place to go. Uh, with that, we're going to move on to uh, a little bit of news from the Nafi language side of things. Uh, there was a recent blog post on Naviteri, uh, Paul Frommer's blog, where he announced that he's considering and sounds like going through with a little competition of sorts it's not really a competition competition implies people are competing against each other um he's looking for people to submit uh idioms par- uh proverbs and other um other turns of phrase uh to add to the Nazi language uh to expand the uh ever-increasing pool of idioms and phrases that uh make the Nazi language feel alive and unique and special and like a real language um, for more details, you can go to naviteri.org, and that's all we really know about. <laughs> uh, so, how do you guys feel about um, proverbs? And uh... I'm I'm always no. down. Proverbs and idioms are like my yeah. favorite. Same. We have way too little. We need way more, and I love them. <laughs> yeah, but I um, it, I was reminded that I use the ones we have too seldomly. <laughs> Same, same. That was same here. that was something I was gonna bring up. Was yeah, like I love them. I constantly forget about them, <laughs> and anytime like I'm in a conversation or like you know chatting in Nafi uh, with people, and then like I think about it in retrospect, or like I remember that like a particular idiom exists, and I'm like, dang it, I should have used that as an opportunity to use that. As I say, like literally the I think the one that I have actually incorporated the most is yeah that's the one i see the most for sure and the, for yeah. the for those which has short for me it's so difficult to pronounce i don't use it <laughs> <laughs> i use i use sfsc yeah, the well, short form. yeah okay good but the, <laughs> you have to know what it means it's the same yeah. i mean if you if you remember that um what is that uh Peon Toruke, Toruke. Yeah. Um, it is, it's just the, a short form of, and then you would have to know the, the longer form. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah. Or Loryu Aonampi. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, I love that. That one's a good one. That's the one I can most frequently remember, but I, again, frequently. If you were to ask me, like, whoa, what's an, what's an idiom in Napi? <laughs> I just have one I, I've been using quite frequently, more or less, and that's uh, Flake Fla Lace Me. Very useful mm. one. Mm-hmm. I think the I I do 
often remember uh, but yeah i think that's the only one i've ever actually used <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because that's uh, also the one that um from always um quotes uh, as an example for those very specific pandoran idioms mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. which again just expanding the scope of those kinds of phrases makes the world feel more alive and i think it's a good i a good thing that um kp is deciding to do it with the community in a sense because proverbs and idioms tend to arise just by using the language yeah mm-hmm. and it's, and so why not probe the community of people who have been learning the language mm-hmm. so do you guys have any ideas you want to submit yes <laughs> without hesitation yes <laughs> yeah yes yes they are secret but yeah well i mean <laughs> we won't be able to we really cannot. discuss them because they uh, if you want to send them in it will be it will have to be anonymous anonymously whatever um so yeah, anonymously yeah thanks um so yeah i have an idea as well and i'm still contemplating whether to send it in or not but i will probably do it if it gets accepted or not, I, I will just be very happy to see um, new idioms by whomever they uh, uh, created them. Because absolutely, we need more, even though we use them quite rarely. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe this will give us the push that we need to use them more. Yeah. I know I'm personally uh, taking some time to uh, learn the idioms that we already have. And like, again, just re uh repeat and restudy and familiarize myself with them um better so i can deploy them where appropriate mm-hmm. and it, all it takes to get some uh, a piece of language to be used more frequently is somebody to use it i mean half of the, i've said this before but like a lot of the not be words that i know like in my vocabulary are only because other people have used them i'm at a point now where i don't like systematically go through the vocabulary to find like new words that i haven't learned mm-hmm. at, at this point i just i only ever learn new words when somebody uses one that i haven't like seen before or don't immediately recognize so for me personally, the best way for me to learn idioms is for other people to use them or for myself to use them. <laughs> well, that's that's a good way. Just uh, uh, give others the, uh, what is it, the, the obligation to use it in, yeah. in front of you. Make and, me and better not... at not be, everybody. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Use idioms. So I can learn them, damn it. Yeah. <laughs> I can't do this without you. You're responsible for my progress. <laughs> That's also yes. true. That's also true. You're my only hope. You're never alone in uh, at learning that. Mm. It's a community effort. Hmm. One of us. One <laughs> of us. If you would like to join the Notfi community <laughs> and learn among us and help help Pomodic learn more Notfi, uh, feel free to check out the uh, community at uh, kelutrial.org. Linked in the description. By now, it almost, <laughs> it almost Thanks, sounds Ayana. funny. You're welcome. <laughs> yeah, I was like, you're making me do my extra work. Uh, well, it's in there I always you're, anyway. You're so keeping no notes. <laughs> Close one. Close yeah. one. Um, but yeah, if you want to add, or if you have any ideas for good idioms we could use, uh, feel free to submit them to Navitari. When Caio Paul releases the Google Forms, he will supply for actually being, being able to send in your ideas. So. <laughs> yeah, it looks like it's I look going forward to, be, to the episode uh, where forms. we discuss the results. Mm, oh, yeah. <laughs> that will be a fun mm-hmm. episode. So make sure you're subscribed on whatever platform you use to get these episodes, whether it's YouTube or Spotify or... Uh, Apple Podcasts or whatever other forms that we submit to. I don't know. It's not my responsibility. (laughs) And with that, this episode is going to come to a close. Thank you for joining us. Uh, We did go on a bit long, so we will not be including uh, Notfi conversation practice. But if you would like to practice your Notfi, again, please come on over to the Kelutral Discord server. We have lessons, impromptu lessons, um, chatting with other learners, practice, and just hanging out in good times. Uh, with that, we're going to be signing off. Hayalovai. 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 Hayalovai.